a man named Mumre. We first hear about him in um, Genesis 14.3, and it says, this is the war of Abraham, 14.13, he takes out Lot and him and his friends, and there came one who had escaped from Sodom, Avraham Ivri, and Abraham was now in the plains of Mamre, the Emirate. And who is he? Achi Eshkol Anar. So we now have three individuals introduced to us for the first time: Mamre, Eshkol, and Anar. Brit Abraham, and they were part of this covenant to fight with each other and protect each other. So it's Abraham and the three men of the covenant. And in today's parasha, we see in Pasha's Vayera, Vayera Elov Adonai, Be'elone Mamre, in the plains of Mamre, or we'll come to this word alone, Behu Yoshev Pesach Ha'okachom very problematic verse because we just got through in the end of Pasha's Lech Lecha, and on the command of God, he circumcised his son when he was 99 and Yishmael was 13. On that day, on his 99th year, everyone was already circumcised. So what does this mean that Abraham was sitting Be'elone Mamre? And here we go to Rashi, and Rashi points us out to something very interesting. Be'elone Mamre, who lo alhamila. This fellow Mamre, which we had learned about in Genesis 14, after leaving Sodom, one of his friends, the three friends, Be'elone Mamre. Why do we have to know where he was? He was Kachom Hayom in the heat of the day. And it, apparently it's right after the Mila, so he's in pain and it's in the heat of the day. Be'elone Mamre. Well, Rashi tells us, quoting the Midrash, Rabba and Tanhuma, that it was Mamre who advised him regarding the circumcision, and therefore he revealed himself in his territory. Meaning, somehow, Mamre was that important a man who advised Abraham about the circumcision, and therefore the Bible, the Torah, gives him the status of revealing where this took place, where this tent was. Very nice. Now, what, what is Elone Mamre? If you, if you look at the archaeological history of the Elone Mamre, it has a very, very interesting history. The Oak of Mamre, in fact, is located about a couple of kilometers southwest of Hebron, inside the city. You can't go there after the, Abraham, after the Accords, uh, the Camp David Accords, this was taken out. We had no, there's very rare that anyone can get into that. That's in Hebron territory. 
and it's called the Oak of Abraham. It's an ancient oak tree. In one tradition was said to mark the place where Abraham entertained the three angels or where Abraham uh, pitched his tent. And many travelers over the years have mentioned this Oak of Mamre. Rabbi Petachia of Ratishborn, passed in 1217, went to visit Eretz Yisrael, and in the travels of Petachia Ratishborn, published in London in 1856, he writes, among the oaks of Mamre at a distance from there, dwelled an old man who was near death when Rabbi Petachia arrived. And he told his son to show Rabbi Petachia the tree under which the angels rested. Another traveler was Arkulf, a Frankish bishop, who toured the Levant around 680, and his writings are published in the pilgrimage of Arkulfus in the Holy Land in London in 1895 by the Library of the Palestine Pilgrims Text Society. And in 1537, the book Yichus Avos also describes the Oak of Abraham as a holy site for the Jewish community. Finally, in 1866, the book Comparative Geography of Palestine and the Sinaitic Peninsula by Carl Ritter translates some of those references to the Oak of Mamre and the Stone of Abraham's Circumcision. And so there's a long mythical history uh, to this place. But going digging deeper, actually, what is a terebinth? Because I would, grew up in London where we were told that the oaks of Mumbrae were the terebinths of Mumbrae. What is a terebinth? I ask you. The terebinth tree is Pistachia terebinthus, or the turpentine tree. It's a deciduous tree from the species of Pistachia, native to the Mediterranean region. Okay, so it does exist. There are terebinths, and there is a terebinth tree. My teacher in Benaya Kiva was right. So the question then is, what is going on here? What is this fellow? Who is Mamre, the man, the oak, the legend? <laughs> and something very interesting that I discovered was the following. The story goes that Josephus identifies Ogyges as the name of the oak by which the Hebrew patriarch Abraham dwelt whilst he lived near Hebron. Ogyges also reminds us of the word Og, Ogias the giant, who was the king of Bashan in the Old Testament. And Josephus mentions Ogyges, which then brought me to this place. <laughs> Who is Ogyges? Ogyges is known as the king of the Ectones, who, according to Pausanias, was the first inhabitants of Boeotia, where the city of Thebes would be founded. So he became the first ruler of Thebes, Ogyges, which was at that early time named Ogyesia after him. Subsequently, poets referred to the Thebans as Ogyesidae. And in another version of the story, Ogyges is the namesake for the phantom island Ogygia mentioned in Homer's Odyssey. What's most important about Ogyges is that the Ogygian deluge occurred during his reign. And you can see here with the Corinthian Gulf, 
overflowed, causing this huge deluge. And some regarded it as a local flood, and others regarded it as the marble, a cosmic flood. So we have a connection between Josephus, the Oak of Mamre, and Ogyges. Very nice. Now let's go a little bit deeper into what did Rashi mean when he quoted the Midrash. And so let's look at this Midrash together. The Elone Mamre. And the Midrash asks, Lama the Elone Mamre. And why did Mamre receive such an appellation? Don't think that God in his Torah gives a reward to all his creatures. There must have been a reason. And now we hear the story of Abraham and the three friends of his. Abraham had three friends. Oh, we know them. Those are the three Bale Brits. Who were they? Anar, Eshkol, and Mamre. They were the ones who met him in the plains of Mamre after coming out of Sodom. The given Now, since God had told Abraham to go and get circumcised, what does he do? Now, fasten your seatbelts because we're now in Pasha's Fayera, and clearly. This medrash is brought to fill in the gap between the last few psukim I showed you of Lech Lecha, where Abraham had circumcised himself and Yishmael and the Bnei Beso. And here it says, he was in Elone Mamre, Kachom Hayom. And clearly the medrash has to fill in, well, it must have been after his Mila, because he was sitting in a tent and not doing what he normally does. He was sick. He was recovering the third day of Mila. But now comes this very enigmatic story that doesn't make sense. We're told Be'eloni Mamre because he went to his friends to inquire after their advice. What about? Since God said to him, go and get circumcised, he doesn't just go right away and do it. He first seeks advice from his pals. Why on earth would he do that? Well, let's see what happened. So he goes to honor. God told me to circumcise myself. So honor. So honor answers him the following argument. You want to make yourself a wound, a cut in your flesh? And now you just vanquished the kings, the Sheva Malachim. We had battles together. We fought together. And now you want to cut yourself and they're going to find out and they're going to say, oh, he's weak. Let's go and kill him. So the response of Aner was, are you crazy? We just got through a very, very tough battle. Now they find out that you're in the hospital. They're going to come and attack you. Don't do it. He goes to Eshkol. Let's see what Eshkol tells him. 
Eshkol says Azoi. Kach v'kach v'kach. Amalo Eshkol. Ato Zaken. Avram, you're 99. You're an old Kachka. You're an old man. Imatoch Hamul. Tamul. Yeitzem imchodam harbe. You may be on anticoagulants. If you cut yourself, you'll bleed out. Below Tuchal Lisbon, the time you'll die. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Who goes for an operation at your age? So now he goes finally to his third friend, Mamre, because the whole purpose of this pericope is to explain to us why Mamre gets a mention. God said to me this and that. Matiatsenu. What do you advise me? What do you advise me? Omolo Mamre. So Mamre says, On this thing, you're seeking advice from me? Hello, who are you coming to me for? He's the one that saved you from the furnace, as we learned last week. He's the one that made you all the, 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 the miracles. He's the one that saved you from the Sheva Malachim. If it wouldn't have been for him, if it wouldn't have been for him, they would have killed you already long ago. So he saved every one of your 248 limbs. By saving you, he saved your component organs, your component sinews, your limbs. So Atze commits also. So a mixes Eva Echad Atom you're coming to me because of one of those two hundred. He's asking you to cut off one of those 248 limbs. And you're coming to me for advice? Are you crazy? So God says. You, Mamre, gave my servant Avram, you gave him the advice to cut his skin, to cut, to do his mila. I'm going to only reveal myself in your territory, at your apartment, in your place, because of what you did. And he appeared to him in Elone Mamre. This is what Rashi is telling us that bothers Rashi. Who cares why, what, where? This is what he's telling us. Now, in the Medrash Rabbah, the word Mamre is a derivative of the word Mary, to rebel. So the Medrash Rabbah, as opposed to the Tankuma, is bothered by why he's called Mamre. So the Medrash, true to its style, is going to pun on the word Mamre, and it says, Shehimro ponim ba'avram, because he made his face defiant to Abraham. And then it goes through the three friends, and when it comes to uh, Mamre, Elokecho she'amad l'cho b'kifshon Aren't you going to listen to him because he saved you? So the reason the, the Bala Medrash in Breshit Rabbah, which is earlier than Tanchuma, tells us his name is Mamre, is not only because of what he did by telling Abraham, of course you should do it, but in his very name, 
omen est nomen is the character. He had a rebellious spirit, but he used that rebelliousness towards resisting Abraham, implying that Abraham, by going to his friends, was Mesupuk. Now, we know it's the seven out of the 10th trials that Abraham had to go through, but never did we know that there was any doubt in his mind, which is interesting because when it comes to the Akedah at the end of the Parsha, there is also in the mind of the Medrash some doubt in Abraham's mind by the fact that the Sultan stops him on the way and says, what are you doing? This is crazy. God wants you to be the Av Amon Am, and you're going to be the patriarch of a nation. Are you sure that you're not listening to some Yetzirah? So we already know that, that in the Midrashic imagination, there was a kind of ambivalence in Avram's mind. Now, the Gur Aryeh takes a more philosophical approach, very political. The Gur Aryeh is from the Maharal Mitrag. This is a thousand years later. And the Maharal says, why Mamre? He quotes many of the super commentaries of Rashi, the, the, uh, the Mizrahi, who also ask how are we to understand the implication that Abram consulted with Mamre regarding the mitzvah of Mila. It seems inconceivable that the pious patriarch who was willing to do anything for the master of the universe would need to check in with his friends and pals before carrying out an unambiguous command to circumcise. So the Maharal gives us two interesting answers that I want to share with you. First, he did it politically. He was smart. The Maharal was very political. He lived in Prague in the 1700s. His secretary was David Gans, who knew Tycho Bray. And so the Maharal was already introduced to post-Ptolemaic astronomy and knew that he would be up against the a very conservative tradition of the rabbis regarding the flat earth versus the cosmology that was being discovered through Tycho Bray and Copernicus. So he says as follows, that Avram acted without counsel. He was worried that he would be criticized by his fellow generals in their armies for acting without counsel. There was no doubt that he would go ahead with the circumcision. So the Maral tells us he was still pious, regardless of what his friends would advise him. So then what's the purpose to meet Ya'etz with the friends? He wanted to fend off a societal reaction that he rushed into it rashly. And so he publicly seeks out a prestigious people with whom he consulted so no one could accuse him of taking this significant action without first going through a thought-out rational process. Whenever the government does something, there's always an open inviting of local people to have open hearings so that we, we understand what the thought process is of the government, but the government can also hear the reaction. So that's the reason that it took Abraham three days to get to Har Hamaria. Had he responded to Hashem's command to slaughter his son by immediately slaughtering his son in his backyard, people would have said he was making a rash decision in a perturbed frame of mind without thinking through its implications and long-term consequences. Since he takes a three-day journey prior to carrying out the Akedah, 
it's clear to everyone that he engaged in a thought out rational process. Very nice. Secondly, the Maral says that Aner, Ashkol, and Mamre had an alliance with Abraham. They are Baale Brit, which means it's inappropriate for any member of an alliance to initiate a major action or activity independently without first consulting with members of the alliance. So when friends do something crucial in their lives, they share it with first with one another. This is not because the Maharal insists that Avron considered for a moment doing anything other than what the Almighty commanded him. It's just proper protocol. This is how the Maharal gets around this Midrashic implication that Avram was perturbed and sought out the advice with friends. Now, both the Ramban and Rashi have connected this first posuk with the previous Parsha. On the self-same day, Abraham was circumstanced. In other words, God's revelation to Avram was a direct result of the Brit Mila on the self-same day. The Midrash Rabbah described how Avram complained to God that after his Mila, he could no longer receive guests. And his nature and destiny was to be the Av Hamon Goyim. So to spread the idea of monotheism to the world. But the Mila prevented him from doing this since it made him tangibly different from everyone else. Now, this Medrash is telling us that he did complain about Mila, not because it hurts, not because he wasn't willing to do it, but it would interfere with his mission. People would say, we're not like you. You're circumcised. You've done something to yourself. And he felt that he had lost his ability to connect with other human beings and to be involved with other nations. So now I would like to take us a little step deeper and let's go mystically. And the Chuas Chaim cites, and I love it because he works off a pirkidur of a laser. So he's not just coming out of left field. He's actually working off the concept from a Pirkadur Abeleza. Now, the Pirkadur Abeleza has a very startling statement. It says, Yesh Dalad Bechinas Shehu Bekatuv Belashon Orla. Remember that the act of circumcision is the removing of a foreskin. And that foreskin in Hebrew is called Orla. We use that word Orla when it comes to the tree, the first three years of a tree. Uh, we don't touch that fruit. But the Pirkei Durabileza says that in the human anatomy, there are four different organs that have an orla, a so-called covering or foreskin that close them and hide them or prevent them functioning without it. Number one, orlas halev. We know from Deuteronomy 10 that Moshe says, I want you to circumcise the foreskin of your heart. So the metaphor of the heart is an organ that is covered with a foreskin, which represents that which prevents us from doing God's will or emotionally connecting to the divine will. And Moses exhorts us in Deuteronomy in his very first speech that you need to cut that foreskin of the heart using the metaphor of the bris mila. Okay, now we have something from Jeremiah. Six, Orlas Osnom, 
Now, if you look at your ear, you can take the lobe, the pinna, and you can cover over your ear. That prevents you from hearing. So Jeremiah uses that. Those who don't listen, this is in the doom and gloom part of Jeremiah, that those who have closed their ears, the orla of their ears, is another metaphor for not listening. And finally, orlas sefasayim, as Moses says to God when he is reluctant to fulfill his mission, vehine ani aral sefatayim, I am... How do we translate that? If the tongue is the member, the Brit Halashon, then the Sephatayim is the Orla that closes up. I am a stutterer. I cannot, no, no, not, cannot speak properly. I cannot speak properly. So what are you telling me to go into Pharaoh? I am Arel Sephatayim. So we have these four, the ear, the lips, the heart, and the brismila. Very nice. Okay. And what are their problems? Those three are a limb, those three organs, those three foreskins, the foreskin of the ear and the tongue and the heart and the brismila, they are otmim chas v'sholom koach ha-gedusha u-mitnagdim le-bechines They do two things. They close up the influx of Kedusha into those organs, so I don't listen to the words of the wise. My heart is closed, right? And they also are mitnaged. They resist the tov shebeivorim. They resist. I want to speak loshen tov, and out comes loshen hara. I want to listen to loshen tov, but instead I listen to Loshan Hora, and the same with the heart, and the same with the bris mila. But Sorich Lahizgaber Alehem. So the Chuas Chain says these are the four organs that every person has to mitgaber, to struggle with. The struggle with resisting Loshan Hora, resisting the apicrosses of the heart, resisting the Loshan. Uh, the, to listening to inappropriate language and stuff. Now, all those three are inter-included in the Orla of the Mila. The Mila represents that tumor, the Orla of the Mila, represents the tumor that is part of the bris that includes all the other three organs. It says that before Abraham, Adam was born mahul. So what's the problem? Everything is fine. What did he do? He was nimshach orloso. In order to look like the Greeks, he pulled down. This is one of the biggest sins in the first century when the Greeks were in, in Palestine. This was one of the biggest sins, to pull the foreskin down. Of course, I'm traumatized by the stories from the Holocaust of people. I remember the, the, the film, A Beautiful Life, when he takes super glue and tries to, in the toilet, pull his orla down so that when he goes back to the classroom, the Nazi teacher asks all the boys to pull their pants down. He can see that he is, uh, he is not circumcised, right? 
and we're told in the in in the intertestamental literature and certain midrashim that Adam uh, did not like it. He he was he pulled his foreskin down, so he he looked like he was um, he was not gemalt after the sin of the nachash. And Noah was born mahul, but he was only worried about himself, and so that didn't count. Now comes along Avraham, and he's the first to say, "Okay, I have to reveal the atara. I have to reveal." the member without the shame of the foreskin, because now I have Torah and I have the divine assistance to overcome that Pagam Hamila, the Pagam Habrit. So the Chuas Chain says those all three organs, they're all inter-included in the Pagam Habrit. So the Torah doesn't say cut your foreskin of your ear or cut the lips like some African tribes. No, it's cut the bris because the bris includes everything. You fix the bris, you fix everything else. And now comes this stunning, absolutely stunning Torah. He says a story. He had already worked on himself. He was completely in the negation of evil. His body was totally refined. He was completely on the side of good. Now, when God says to him, I want you to circumcise yourself. He didn't know where. <laughs> he didn't know where to cut. He says, I know from the Torah that there are four Arlas. What does he mean? Where does he want me to cut? Shall I cut my ear? Shall I cut my heart? Shall I cut, shall I cut my lips? He had no further physical desires. The Chua's Chain has made Avram Avinu into this amazing ascetic tzaddik who no longer has any physical desire. He, um, there are Midrashim that says that when they go down to Egypt, it says that that that, that sorrow was Yafat Toar. So the, the Midrash says, what, he didn't know until then? <laughs> he didn't know until then? It was only when Abimelech was looking at her lewdly that Avram realized, oh, there's a Yetzirah horror in the world. There are people looking at my wife objectively. Ki etzlo kola he had already fixed the whole Bechina of Arla. Remember that Avram Avinu kept Kola Torah Kulo, Afilu Erev Tapshilin. So the Kedusha's lady said, how could you keep the Torah wasn't given for another 500 years? What are you talking about? So the Kedusha's lady says that Ilu Keratonu Lahar Sinai, in the Haggadah, we, he would have brought us to Har Sinai, not given us the Torah. It would have been enough. So everyone says, what does he mean, Dayenu? The whole purpose of going to Har Sinai was to receive the Torah. What are you telling me, Dayenu? So the Kedushas Levi says that Abram Avinu already long before had given us the Yerusha of what Torah would mean. How did he figure it out? His kidneys advised him from his own Gidin, the Ramachevorim, the Shasar Gidin, who was able to infer what the mitzvahs of the Torah were. So Avram already here in the Midrashic imagination 
was the Torah, the Mensch Yisrael, as Hirsch calls it, the fully integrated Yid, who had integrated Torah into his body, the whole fixing of Adam Arishim was already accomplished. So now he has to go to his three friends and say, excuse me, not whether I should do Mila. Of course I should do Mila. God told me to do Mila. And it's not whether I should or shouldn't do it or whether it's politically expedient to do it, like the Maral says. The Chuas Chain, he says, I, I'm sorry, you're my friends. They're Ballet Brit. Notice the word Ballet Brit. So maybe you'll understand. Excuse me, what am I supposed to cut? <laughs> Shall I cut my ear? Shall I cut my, my, my lips? Shall I cut my heart? Shall I cut? Oh. The Mamre said to him, Asher b'mokom haze, he points down to the bris. It is Mamre who teaches Avram where the bris is, where the Yetzirah is, where the addictions are. And now the Chuzchein, in the most stylistic way, comes back to our Rashi. Because Rashi didn't say, he gave him an Eitzah. What does Rashi say? Rashi said, Natan lo Eitzah al Hamila. Al Hamila, Dafka. What does that mean? It should have said, Eitzah Lamul, whether to circumcise or not circumcise. The Chuas Chain picks up on the word Al Hamila in the definitive article. Rashi, he's rereading Rashi and rereading the Tanhuma. He's telling him Al-Hamila, the location of the Orla, Lishlol Shar Makomas, as opposed to the other three Makomas, the ear, the heart, the lips. The law, Ze Omar Al-Hamila, Velo Omar Lamul. He's going back to Rashi and learning deep shot in Rashi. It says Al-Hamila, not Lamul. That points tells me that the Pirkidur of Eleza is right in identifying four places in the body that there is an orla. It's a dazzling Chuas Chain that redefines what Avram's sanctity is, that when a person has come to that level of refinement of the body, halavai, halavai, <laughs> halavai of Mirgazukt, that, that he does not know where that Yetzirah is coming from anatomically, he has to ask his friends. I've been told to do this circumcision. I have no idea which one he wants. And he's asking his friends to do it. So we come back to this enigmatic man, the man, the oak, the legend, the tree. And it turns out that Mamre turns out to be a foil character because Mamre does have the Yetzirah. Because Mamre knows what addiction is. Mamre knows which organ is the most trying organ of the body, beyond the Loshan horror, beyond the listening, beyond the heart feeling, like Reb Nachman tells us, it's Tikkun HaBris that is the entrance into Kedusha, that without the Tikkun HaBris that we struggle with, without that, Avram is telling us that there is no refinement, that there is no refinement. And in this society where we're bombarded with visual images and auditory images, we have to actually make use of all four organs. We can't fall in love and we can't be looking at the wrong websites. We shouldn't be listening to Lashonara. And they're all included in what, what we call Tikkun Abris. 
Mamre, the oak, the man, the legend. We have lots to learn from him. Have a great week.